all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Because I'm unconditionally loved by God and at harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet. In Jesus' name, remain standing. I want you to go one scripture. We're going to look at very quickly. We're going to cover a lot of ground tonight, so you need to go with me expeditiously. Say we're going fast. Pretend like you got into my automobile, and if you've ever ridden in my automobile with me, you know I like to get where I'm going very quickly. None of you have, so you wouldn't know that. But, 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 but the reality is wherever I'm going, I like to get there, and I like to get there quickly. I do not like to take the scenic route. I do not like to take the route that everybody else is on because it's too much traffic. Uh, so tonight, we're going to go into some new territory that nobody else in your bloodline was willing to traverse. You're getting ready to go into some territory that nobody that was in your bloodline was willing to deal with. Tonight, we're going to deal with some issues in your bloodline that nobody in your bloodline was willing to deal with because you, you are an evolutionary. That means you're the type of person that is the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You're the type of person that steps on the scene and says it may be a mess now, but that's why I was sent. You're the type of person that can step into darkness and not curse the darkness, but just start turning on the light. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm turning on light tonight. Mark chapter 13, verse number 37. Mark chapter 13, verse number 37. I want you to see what Jesus says. He says this. He says this. Mark 13, 37. Uh, and what I say to you, I say to all. Now, New King James says it that way. Another version says it like this. New King James says, and what I say to you, I say to all. Somebody say, watch. watch. Another version says it like this. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Somebody say, stay awake. Here it is. Here's where we're going tonight over the next few moments. We're going deep into your bloodline to fix some stuff. We're going deep into your soul. That is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions to fix some stuff. We're going deep into the very places of your spirit that you have tried to avoid, trying to not deal with. And tonight, there's going to be some deliverance that's happening. Tonight, there's going to be some healing that happens. Tonight, there's going to be some revelation that happens. So introduce this message. Somebody say, I need to stay woke. Father, speak to us now over these next few moments that we will move and walk in everything that you have ordained. This year being our banner year, we are now just a week into the new spiritual year, a new beginning. So we declare that even tonight, there's another level of evolution that is in store for us. And we thank you that it is so. In Jesus' name, everybody sit. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody say, I'm going to stay woke. You know this by now. To evolve is to go through the process of continuous change from a what? Lower state to a higher state. From a what? Lower state to a higher state. It is not evolution if it's just change. It's only evolution if it is changed for the better. And God does not just desire for you to change. He desires for you to change for the better. Here's the good news is that even though you've made some mistakes, and I think that's everybody in here, even though you've made some bad turns, and I think that's everybody in here, the reality is is that if you look over your life, You've been making changes, watch this, for the better, which means you are not just having revolution, you are having inner evolution. Somebody say, I'm an evolutionary. 
Uh, through our fast and even through our regional conference, we have evolved. And today, I want to go deeper in bringing some clear context to what our fast and even what our conference has done. We looked at this verse of scripture on Sunday. And if you were not here Sunday, O-M-G-I-J-S, you must, that's oh my goodness, I'm just saying. You need to go get both the 9.15 and 11.15 a.m. versions of the message. Matthew 17 and 19 says this. Then Jesus' disciples came to him privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Check it out. They had a public failure, and so they asked him a private question. It is your public failures that will start to make you to ask private questions. It is how you get embarrassed in front of other people that will make you say, God, I don't want that to happen again. I think there's somebody in here tonight where you've had some public shame, some public failures, some public embarrassment that have started to make you ask some private questions. Jesus' disciples tried to cast out a particular spirit. We'll look at it in a minute. And it did not work. It was not successful. And so what ends up happening is that they have to now say, uh, Lord, why could we not cast it out? Jesus has to step on the scene and save the day because they failed at something they should have succeeded at. And they said, Jesus, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said, let me tell you why you couldn't do it. Because of your unbelief. Now check it out. They're around God but don't believe in God. Which means you can be around greatness and not have an appreciation for greatness. You can be around something of value and not have an appreciation for value. They were around God, but they still had unbelief. He said, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for what? You. Watch this. Anybody dealing with some things that look impossible? Okay, here's the reason it looks that way. Because you don't believe. You talk belief, you dance belief, you shout belief, you say belief, but there are parts of you that have not been believing. But tonight I came to stir something on the inside of you. Somebody say, I believe you, God. If he said nothing would be impossible for me, notice the text. He said nothing would be impossible for me. No, nothing would be impossible for me. No, nothing would be impossible for me. I don't think you get it. See, sometimes in life you're looking for everybody else to help you when sometimes you need to help yourself. Oh, watch this. He says nothing would be impossible for me. Touch your neighbor say it ain't going to be impossible for you. Say if you really believe. Because proof that you believe is evidence in what you do. So if you really believe, you'll start changing what you do. If you really believe that he's king of kings and lord of lords, it'll change what you do. If you really believe he's a healer, it'll change what you do. But if you don't believe that, there's a problem here. Problem, problem, trouble, trouble. Houston, we have a problem. He says, because of your unbelief, he says, I say to you, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. He said, the only reason it didn't happen for y'all is because y'all don't really believe. You're around me, but you don't believe me, so let me show you something. Every now and then, God has to slap you around a little bit and say, let me show you something. Because sometimes you get a little arrogant, sometimes you get a little prideful, sometimes you get a little, God, I'm so busy doing my thing. And God says, well, let me just destroy your thing so that you have nothing else to do except my thing. Watch what he does. He says, verse 21, however, this kind, what kind? That kind. What kind is that? The hard kind. Whose kind is that? The kind we've been dealing with. This does not go out except by prayer and what? Fasting. Now, I need you to catch this, that there is this combination, there is this hand-in-glove relationship that Jesus creates, and he says difficult things only get done when you pray and you fast, which is why I think most people watch this. In this last fast, the fast wasn't the hard part. What was interesting is that this fast got a lot accomplished. Okay, I wish I had a witness through here. Uh, watch this. I think there's a few witnesses in here that this last fast that we just exited seven days ago, this fast revealed a lot to you about yourself. A lot to you about the folk around you. A lot to you about your mentalities. A lot to you about your ideologies. I wish I had a witness through here. Was I the only one that was doing the fast? So Jesus said, he said, you don't believe, number one. He said, but number two, there's certain things that just can't happen for you unless you fast and pray, hand and glove, hogging and dolls, Ben and Jerry's, cookies and cream, Sonny and Cher, Ike and Tina, prayer and fasting. Got it? 
So next time we have a fast, don't make it an option because then you're going to be sitting up complaining about stuff. God says, I gave you the answer. The answer was the fast. But since you wanted a cheeseburger more than you wanted evolution, you got your cheeseburger, but your life still sucks. But tonight. I think there's some people in this place that say, God, I'm thankful I got in on this fast. And if I messed up, Lord, thank you that I get grace and mercy to jump in on the next one. Matter of fact, some of you just need to fast tomorrow and Friday and Saturday. You ain't got to wait until the house calls. And sometimes you need to call yourself on a fast and say, you're going to get yourself in order. Sometimes you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you're going to get yourself together. You're going to get yourself in order. You cuss too much. You act too crazy. You doubt too much. You let too many crazy folk in the house. You let too many crazy folk around you. Sometimes you got to put yourself on a fast. So fasting combats what? This kind. Which refers to what? The difficult kind. Or, watch this, the hidden kind. Well, watch this, the blocking kind. The things that are around you that you do not pay attention to because your comfort has now anesthetized you to your error. You missed it. Your comfort has now anesthetized you. Do you know what that means? Anesthesia, which means you're numb to the fact that you're wrong. Oh, y'all, 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 y'all ain't talking to me good tonight. Elijah's back, so you better go home and jump in this water. Uh, you, you're, you're anesthetized to the fact that maybe it's not everybody else. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's not your mama in them. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's not your dad in them. Maybe it's you. Maybe it ain't your boss them. Maybe it's you. Maybe it ain't God. Maybe it's you. But your comfort is anesthetized you so you think that anything that comes to challenge you is against you, not realizing that you only grow in challenges. Which means the next time I see a challenge, watch this, I'm going to look at that challenge and say, thank you. Why? Because that challenge is giving me an opportunity to grow. If I abort the challenge, I will abort the change, which is for my good and for my evolution. You are sitting next to an evolutionary that says, I'm sick of dealing with this kind. Okay, I need to check the room. I think there's a few folk that say, I'm sick of dealing with this kind. The hidden kind. The hard kind. The difficult kind. I ain't been through all the hell I've been through to just sit there and let the mountain look at me. I came to speak to the mountain and say, listen, partner, listen, sucker, you've stolen from me from the last day. And today you're going to pay me back for what you've done to me. Somebody holler this kind. So uh, in 915, I went here. Uh, the first thing that prayer and fasting does, say stay woke. stay woke. See, because your comfort anesthetizes you so you fall asleep and don't even know it. You stop paying attention to what you should pay attention to and don't even know it. You listen to people, but you're not listening because you have now filtered what they've said through your lenses of watch this, your preoccupation uh, with what it is that their potential is, not the reality they produce. Y'all ain't talking, so what happens is it's because you're not woke, they're telling you, but you're not listening, and because you're not listening, you're missing what's right in front of your face. And so now you get shocked and surprised, not realizing the whole time they've been saying it, but you did not stay woke. Man, I need you to shake your neighbor's arm like you're going to shake it up. Tell them, say, stay woke. So we, we discovered on Sunday at 9.15, you got to get both messages, got to get both messages. See, some of you already sleep. You, you're talking about, oh, oh, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. What did he preach about? Go get the message. See, don't, don't, don't fall asleep while you're in the presence. Watch this. We learned that it reveals spiritual sleeper cells. And we talked about in this in terrorism, that in terrorism what happens is that there are sleeper cells. A sleeper cell, watch this, it only gets activated when the prior cell has now been found out. Mm-hmm. So, so what a sleeper cell does is it lurks in the background until an opportune time to attack. And when it attacks, the attack comes, and it's unexpected. There was a movie several years ago. Denzel Washington was in it, and some other folk. I don't even remember the name of the movie. Um, some of y'all probably remember, uh, I don't know, a movie about terrorism, and Denzel Washington was in it. And, uh, and in that movie, <clears throat> in that movie, there's a big terrorist attack. Uh, in that big terrorist attack, uh, then there was another terrorist attack. And then they quarantined, what was it called? No, that's with the angels and demons. The siege. That sounds like it. That sounds like it. That sounds like it. It's okay. Just go Google it. Just, just put in Denzel Washington terrorist movie. Okay. And so what happens is then there was, there was an attack followed by another attack. And then in the city of New York, they, they took all of the uh, folks that were of Muslim descent and ethnicity, et cetera, and they gathered them together and they quarantined them, uh, if you will. They put them in these concentration camps, if you will. And what they did not understand is there was a sleeper cell. Watch this. And the sleeper cell was on the government's payroll. 
check it out. Some of the stuff that's killing you, you've been paying. Some of the stuff that's messing with you, you've been entertaining. Y'all not hearing me. Some of the stuff that's been messing with your mind, you've been feeding. Some of the negativity, you've been feeding it. Some of the stuff that's fighting against you is on your payroll. You've been paying it. You've been praying for it. You've been laying hands on it. You've been supporting it. But tonight... So, 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 so check it out, check it out. He's on the, the government's payroll, and so he was now this sleeper cell. And so check this out. I, I said this to you on Sunday. I kept wondering, say sleeper cells. Why? I would deal with the same type of issues with different personnel uh, around me. They'd start out great, then they deteriorate uh, for a, a variety of reasons. And so I began to look at this. And so for many people around me, they never had consistent leadership, let alone fathers. So they never learned a father's love, concern, nor co what correction looked like. So embedded in my leadership approach and my leadership training is the revelation of my calling and assignment as a spiritual father. Father means life giver. Say life giver. Because when the Lord called me, he uttered two statements to me. He said, son, if you can do it in Denver, you can do it anywhere. And this speaks to our assignment to plant additional campuses and train pastors in other regions. But the second part of my assignment, he said, was I want you to be what you never had. So I never first had a pastor to correct me and coach me. And then I never had the consistent presence of a father. Watch this. So where your greatest purpose is will be the place where your greatest pain arises. So he said, son, I want you to be what you did not have. So I had to create the man that I am so that I could go create other men. You didn't hear me. I had to make the man that I am so that I could go make other men. You do know, watch this, single mothers, uh, you can't make a man. Best you can do is say nice things. But it takes iron to sharpen iron. Aluminum cannot sharpen iron. It takes a man to make a man. Which means some of you single mamas need to just say, you know what? I can't do this, so I got to take him to the man of God. Because it takes a man to make a man. If you read your Bible, that's what they did in the Bible. In the Bible, they would dedicate their children and say, go serve the Lord. Get down there to the church and learn how to serve. Learn how to be submitted. You know what we got? So many issues with men today is because mamas, watch this. While you were a blessing, you were also a curse. You know why you were a curse? Because every time things got difficult, you coddled him. And you let him stay on your breast as a grown man. Y'all not saying nothing to me. And so when he needed to grow up, you would not let him grow up. When he needed to fail, you kept rescuing him. When he needed to fall down and bust his face on the ground, you got in the way. But thank God that there's a Elijah in the house. Thank God that there's a man of God in the house. Because God says, I need to raise up a nation of men. I need to raise up a church full of men that are strong and mighty and powerful. Watch this. So... So, 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 so that was part of my, and his part of my assignment. So, so, so in all of this, check this out. In the last several days of our fast, some significant things happened as a result of fast. Get to 915, I go into more detail. But there was a sleeper cell. Say sleeper cell. I said say sleeper cell. There's a sleeper cell. Now, uh, uh, gifted as an Elijah. Now, let me just give you some facts about Elijah. We've got to move to these second two points, and we've got to do all this in 15 minutes. So now, don't slow me down. Amen. Now, as an Elijah, there's only one spirit. Every man of God is gifted and called to do something different. This is why you should never look at a man of God and compare one to another. That is just like comparing KFC to Popeyes. They serve different audiences. One people with no taste buds, one people with taste buds. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it's a place for people with no taste buds. That's okay. I'm just joking. <laughs> I didn't say that. Somebody in the back said it. I'm just joking. Okay, some of us like, well, I haven't had it in four, I haven't had fast food in going on four years now. So, you know, y'all clapping. That's cool. I, you know, I just, that's, I had to do that for me. I said, I can either be Big Bishop or Slim Fit Bishop. And I didn't gave away all Big Bishop stuff, so can't go back. <laughs> Sometimes, watch this, it's not, watch this, it's not that you didn't have an opportunity to return to your past, uh, 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 or, or let me say it like this, for some folk, it's not that, uh, uh, that you did not go back to your past, or your past, you just didn't have an opportunity to go back to your past, because God destroyed your past. See, so for, for, so for some of y'all, it's like, this whole evolving thing is easy, because I ain't got nothing to go back to, and that's the best way to have your life. I don't have anything to go back to. He destroyed it. So I can't go back to Big Bishop. His stuff is gone, and I'm not buying new clothes. The devil is a lie. So every man of God is different gifted. So part of my assignment is that of an Elijah. Elijah comes on the scene. He pops out of nowhere. You know what people often say to me? They say, Bishop, where are you from? Like, where, did you, where have you been? 
We got a note at the church the other day. A person said, how have I been in this city and didn't know you were here? I said, well, everybody's about to know. Because the prophetic word is. Slap your neighbor. High five. Say, everybody's going to know who we are after a while. Yeah, and there won't be a building. I prophesied in the name of Jesus. That's big enough to hold this. And it's going. Somebody say, we received that. So watch this. We got to move. Watch this. So. So Elijah pops on the scene. He pops on the scene. When he pops on the scene, he shows up. And when he shows up, he has no, no beginning and he has no clear end because Malachi says that he's called up into heaven. And so in all of that, uh, he pops on the scene. He's the beginning of something brand new. We're in First Kings now. He's the beginning of something brand new. And Elijah, unlike his contemporaries, the other prophets of the day, the other men of God of the day, the other men of God had the school of the prophets. Elijah came up with this concept, the sons of the prophets. See, a school, watch this, a school produces students, and students are great, because, but students are taught tasks. Watch this. Elijah produced the sons of the prophets. Sons are taught identity. See, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. This is the reason why, watch this, when you're really called to me, there's nothing, watch this, that you will allow to perpetually stay in the way of that assignment to me. Watch this, the scripture says it like this, they went out from among us that it might be made manifest that they were not of us, because if they were of us, they would have remained with us, which means who's with you can't leave you, and who's not with you can't stay with you. Side note, all right, we'll move on. Got to go fast. So Elijah's got this great assignment as a man of God. He produces sons. Say sons. And this is what they did all throughout the Bible. This, is, this was a biblical thing. They didn't want to be basketball players and rappers and beat makers and all that in the Bible. No, they wanted to be rabbis. They wanted to be prophets. They wanted to be the men of God. And they knew that the only way we get what he's got is we have to serve him. See, we got this crazy thing in culture today where people sometimes will look at success and think all I have to do is, well, if I do that, if I do that, if I do that, if I do that, I can have success. Not understanding you got to serve him. The Bible says that who would give you your own unless you've been faithful in building another man's. See, a lot of y'all are asking God to give you your own. You ain't built mine. You ain't hear what I'm saying. You are now trying to illegally access something that heaven says we will not give you. We're not giving you your own anything until you've spent your life building that of another man's. And watch this. When you don't even want your own, then heaven will be like, boom, whoop, there it is. I didn't ask for this. It asked for me. I'm coming to teach somebody how to get what you're trying to get. Because you're trying to access it, but you won't serve it. You're trying to access success, but you won't serve success. You're trying to access greatness, but you won't serve greatness. Watch this. Elijah. Somebody say, Elijah. So Elijah here, he's now got these sons of the prophets. And so Elijah only has one thing, one thing. The Bible says Elijah spoke, said it wouldn't be rain, was no rain. Elijah said up, what happened? Up. Elijah said down, what happened? Down. Elijah said left, what happened? Left. Elijah said blue, what happened? Blue. Elijah said red, what happened? Red. Got it? Okay. Elijah took a knee because he realized that taking a knee has nothing to do with opposing a flag. And it has nothing to do with opposing veterans. Because Elijah said, you ain't going to pit me and be sitting up talking racism right from the steps of the White House and think that we don't know what you're doing as if we are stupid, deaf, and dumb. You ain't fooling nobody. Elijah said, King Ahab, I know you're a weak man that's being manipulated. You see that? So, so Elijah, he, he now... He's, he's the man of God during this time, and there's this guy named King Ahab and Jezebel. Jezebel, I just got to get to where I'm going real quick. Jezebel is the daughter of the devil, literally. She's the incarnation of Satan's identity and femininity. She's the incarnation of Satan's identity and femininity. But she's not limited to being feminine. She just appears feminine so that we see how she works. So what happens is, what, what happens at temper tantrums? Uh -huh, okay, but, but, but what's this? So, what, what's this? Stay with me. Touch your neighbor, say, stay woke. stay woke. So now she's queen, and Ahab is king. And Ahab is a very weak, passive man. She runs the show. One time Ahab came home mad. He tried to buy somebody's vineyard, and, uh, and, and the man said, no, I don't want you to buy my vineyard, king. And, and, and he came home, and he was sad, and, and Jezebel said, what's wrong with you? Well... He won't let me buy his vineyard. He won't. <laughs> I'll be back. 
she goes and sets a man up, has the man murdered so that the king can take his vineyard by eminent domain of the government. She had her own seal, which shows you how out of order she was. She would not be subject. Watch this. I'm going to help some, break some of somebody in here tonight. She would not be subject. So she said, well, King, you got a seal, but I got my own truth. You got your way, but I have my own opinion, too. You got your feelings, but I got my own feelings, King. Sometimes your feelings are the thing that are actually fueling your failure. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes your feelings are actually the things that are fueling your failure. Say amen to that. So, so, so she has her own seal. You know, when the king signs a document, he, he now take wax and he places seal on it. Well, Jezebel said, well, I want one too. That shows you how out of order she was, that she would not even be subject to Ahab. And she used sex as a way to manipulate and dominate him to get what it is that she wanted him to get. She used her sensuality. The Bible says that she'd paint her face uh, 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 with uh, what we would call makeup. But the scripture says she'd paint her face with paint. She'd paint her face because she now needed to be, watch this, visually appealing but inwardly vile. Oh, God, everything that look good ain't good. Everything that glitter ain't gold. Y'all not saying nothing. Everything that talks nice ain't nice. Everybody that smile might be a snake. Y'all not saying nothing. Touch your neighbor and say, stay woke. So she's the only thing, Elijah now, uh, uh, because Ahab just lets her wreak havoc over the kingdom. And God is like, I regret making you king. This is disgusting. So you know what God does? He sends Elijah he says, Elijah, go handle Ahab because I'm sick of him. I'm just tired of him. I'm, 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 I'm over it. You handle it. See, you got to sometimes understand there's stuff we're asking God to handle. And God says, well, that's why you were born. You handle it. Touch your neighbor and say, you handle it. There's some say, oh, Lord, just do it. And God's like, no. That's what you were born for. You were born to be an air freshener to stanky places. You were born to be a light to darkness. You were born to be salt to what's unseasoned. Are you here? Are you here? Mm. Elisha's keep the house. So, 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 so watch this. So watch this. Uh, she now got this crazy attitude. Say crazy attitude. And Elijah now, he goes up and he says, you know what? First thing we got to do to get Ahab to act right is we got to pull down these false gods. So to pull down these false gods, what we got to do is we got we to have a showdown. And they have a showdown. Somebody say showdown. showdown. They have a showdown. And in this particular showdown, what ends up happening is that uh, Elijah calls fire from heaven. I mean, imagine the scene. He's there and they're praying and fire comes down from heaven. And Elijah gets really, really bold because Elijah looks at the false prophets of this god Baal, which means, watch this, false prophet, which means they had a little information. It just wasn't information they got from God. Stop thinking of everybody. Ooh, you look like you're going through a lot. Fool, please, everybody going through a lot. You ain't saying nothing significant. As a matter of fact, let me go on and handle this too. Don't you ever let anybody give you a parking lot prophecy in here or pull you into the corner of the vestibule. But I just see this and I just think this. Shut your mouth. You're out of order. And you're false prophet. You're false because you're not doing it under order. So let me handle that. So what ends up happening is they have this showdown. Somebody say showdown. It was the showcase showdown, just like Price is Right. You know the showcase showdown? You, you know the showcase? Oh, y'all don't. I forgot. <laughs> There's this show that used to come on called Price is Right. Bob Barker hosted the show. Does it still come on? Drew Carey does it now, and he's a nice guy, but he's not Bob. What about Bob? I'm trying to figure out. And, and, so, and so he has this showdown. So Elijah's like, well, maybe your God is sleep. <laughs> You know, and it's him against 400 guys. Fire comes down from heaven. The fire consumes everything. And then Elijah, watch this. One man, he slays them. One man. Then Jezebel hears about it. Jezebel hears about it, and she says, what do you do? You getting strong over there at that church? You, you learning who you are over there at that church? You over there serving at that church? You're changing now, and I can't manipulate, dominate, and control you now because you're figuring out who you are, and you're discovering that you're an evolutionary. What did he do? And the Bible says, the Bible says that she sends a messenger. She sends a messenger, and this messenger goes to Elijah. And this messenger says, here's what Jezebel said. Notice she didn't come herself. She would never say it to him. 
she had to say it to other people. You, watch this. Let me help you understand something. You know you're out of order when you won't go to who your problem's with. Y'all not talking. You're talking to everybody else except who the issue is with. Better watch yourself before you get caught up and get a J on your head. God, dog, I got to get to these other points. Next time somebody don't come to you, say, look, Jazzy, let me help you understand something. You may try to manipulate, dominate, and control to try to get me to act crazy and all this, that, and the other, but I found you out. And all you got to do sometimes is call her name Jezebel and watch their face begin to contort. Watch their face. Watch this. Look at your neighbor now. Check their face. If their face ain't looking right, put your hand up, and we're going to send some Elijahs over to help get them. I ain't playing. Elijah is back. So, stay with me. So, so she sends a message. She says, I'm going to kill you by tomorrow, Elijah. Elijah just called fire from heaven. He gets scared. She runs him out of the city. She runs him into a cave. She runs him under a juniper tree. Juniper is what they use to flavor gin. So Elijah, here he was, the man of God, but one day he had a Snoop Dogg moment, and he was just <laughs> sipping on. <laughs> Lay back. But he didn't have no money. He didn't have none. He left it when he ran. Be careful when you run. You'll leave valuables. Be careful when you won't handle stuff. You're going to leave valuables. Be careful when you won't confront what needs to be confronted. You're going to leave valuables. Matter of fact, I declare a grace upon you now to deal with every situation, to deal with everything you need to confront, to have every conversation you need to have, to come up out of your emotions, to come up out of your feelings, and handle some business. Somebody say, Lord, I receive that grace. So here it is. I'm almost... So much for these other two points. So she sends a messenger, Elijah. He runs out of the city. He's now in a cave. He goes just to this crazy thing. And then the Lord speaks to him. And the Lord essentially tells him, he says, Elijah, I know you feel alone. I know you feel like giving up. I know you feel suicidal. I know now you just kind of, you've been, you've been lullabied. You're not even woke no more. You are my guy, Elijah, and you are asleep. And you're asleep because of her. Watch this. And the real issue wasn't her because when she died, her spirit lived on. So the issue, watch this. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we're dealing with the spirit behind the person. But here's what Satan wants to get you. He wants to get you caught up in the personality that is harboring the principle of the spirit. He wants you to get caught up in the face so that you don't get in the face of the spirit. He wants you to get caught up with who the person is. And so now you cussing at them when you really need to say, get yourself out the way. It's the spirit behind this. It's the spirit doing this. Slap your neighbor, high five, say, it's the spirit you facing. Say, but you're overcoming it tonight. Say. So watch this. So, 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 make a long story short, Elijah anoints a spiritual son called Elisha. Elisha later on gives commandments to this guy named Jehu. He says, kill her. He's, he says, he says, oh God, see the Bible, all of this is in North Africa. It was only called Israel after World War II so that history could be whitewashed. So then we would see Jesus as a blonde-haired, blue-eyed man walking around eating granola not realizing he has skin like bronze, hair like wool. But, but, but for European, Eurocentric, uh, Caucasian-centric Christianity, it makes sense. We got to make Jesus a white man because God has to be white because if it's white, it's right. I'm just dealing with what, what, what that needs to be dealt with. I'm just need, I'm dealing with what needs to be, I'm just dealing with what needs to be dealt with. Don't you thank God you come to a multicultural, multi-generational, multi... But I have to teach you the truth. The Jesus you read about called Yeshua, this was North Africa, which means he was black. Yeah, that's what it means. But here's the beauty of it. I don't care if he's black, white, yellow, polka dot, as long as that blood was red. Because it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood. Somebody say the blood still works. You should know that. You, you should know that. You should know that. But watch. So, Elijah, and why did I bring that up, Bishop? How did you get there? Because when he gave the order to kill him, I could only imagine a conversation. I could only imagine the conversation. I could only imagine him. I could, on, I could only imagine the conversation. 
It was not a very, I would like for you to kill her this day. <laughs> wink at your neighbor, wink. And if they don't wink, punch them. I'm sure this conversation, this conversation got, okay, I'll just leave it alone. I'll just leave it alone. Just, just somebody say, it got real, real fast. <laughs> now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So now, so now, so now, in this conversation, he says, go kill her. They come up behind her. She says, oh, it is you. Because she knew her day had come. Because she was found out. Whenever people start acting real crazy emotionally, it could be because the spirit that, that they've been operating in has now been found out. And now that it's been exposed, you, you got it? So check this out. So now she acts all, all this, and then they take her, they throw her out of the window, horses trample over her, dogs lick up her blood. Thousands of years later, her spirit's still alive in Revelation. He says, I have this against you that you allowed that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. So now we see she calls herself spiritual. The essence of her, her whole MO is let me make everybody think I am something I'm not. You know why? Because her name means not exalted in Hebrew. So everything she does is to exalt herself against everyone and anything that tries to subdue her and causes her to submit. To every, to every person in who has got a submission problem, you may have a Jezebel problem. And the real deal is because, watch this, especially if you've been abandoned, especially if you've been dropped by somebody that should have loved you, especially if you've been rejected. So now everything you do is anti-commitment because when you commit, you now are vulnerable. And when you become vulnerable, now you give up control. And so the whole nature of Jezebel is I can't give up control because if I give up control, I'm vulnerable. And if I give up vulnerability now, you might hurt me because I won't be hurt again because I was dropped. I won't be hurt again because I was abandoned. And so I got to protect me from you. And watch this. What starts innocent can turn into something malicious. What starts is you just trying to protect yourself can turn into now you ending up hurting yourself. That was Jezebel's MO. And here's what's significant. What's significant is she's a sleeper cell. And through that fast, somebody said through the fast, fast. we've identified that. And, 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 and make long story short, say long story short, long story short. That there are certain things that in your life that have been cyclical because you haven't found the sleeper cell. So I'm going to give you some assignments real quick. Then I get, can I get to the second two points? Yes, right, I'm going to give you some assignments real quick. Here are the messages you need. Spirit of Python, Spirit of Lilith, and when Elijah's attacked. You need those three messages. Okay, why do I need those messages, Bishop? Because that might be the sleeper cell spirit that's been operating in your life. And if you're listening to me tonight like, what is he talking about? Just follow the instruction. Spirit of Lilith, Spirit of Python, got it? And Jezebel, uh, I mean, when Elijah's attack was, was the spirit of Jezebel. Okay? Those three spirits have great prominence. There's others, but those three have great prominence throughout the scripture. Python, Python constricts you. Lilith wears you out. Jezebel assassinates you. And it's a sleeper cell. And so while you've been fighting your wife, you need to say, move, girl. That's Lilith. While you've been fighting your kids, you need to say, move, boy. That's Python, because you've been fighting, watch this, too low. This kind comes by prayer and fasting. Sometimes you fight too low, and the real fight, you need to take that fight higher and take it in the realm of the spirit. Stop fighting with folks. Sometimes before you call them back, you need to just start praying in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes before you respond to that text, you need to start praying. Why? Because you're trying to be carnal and fight the person, but you really need to elevate the fight and deal with the spirit. Because when you deal with the spirit, things will come out of nowhere and you'll be like, wow, this is amazing. How did they change like that? How did they get it like that? It's because the spirit was dealt with. Say sleeper cells. You may have a sleeper cell operating in your life that has learned how to operate around you that you've never called out because your comfort has anesthetized you so you did not stay. Second point. So first thing is to realize what? Spiritual sleeper cells. I'm just going to hit these other points real quick because I really don't have time to go into them that deep and be here on Sunday. We'll see what happens. Two, to reveal what really needs to be healed. To reveal what needs to be healed. Okay? What did this fast, what did this conference do for us? Reveal what needs to be healed. And it's still in revelation uh, uh, in you. Say, say I'm, still I'm still learning. Sometimes you can think you're healed of stuff until one day you have a breakdown. Y'all not talking to me. 
Sometimes you can think you're healed of stuff until one moment you have just a nerve. Just, oh, God, what in the world is going on? You can think you're good until you see him. And then when you see him, you're like, apparently I have not forgiven. Apparently I still hate you. But God said you ain't supposed to hate. I really don't like him a lot. Amen, church. Where the real folk to be at? You got some folk right now, you just, ah, ah. Shalom, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. Matthew 17, uh, uh, verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's an epileptic, uh, and he suffers severely. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. Watch this. He's self-destructive. And when you look at epileptic, you may think, oh, Bishop, he can't help that. That's a medical condition. But epilepsy here does not mean epilepsy here. In Greek, it means he's a lunatic controlled by the moon. Now, somebody said, what do you mean a lunatic controlled by the moon? Watch this. So uh, there is this principle called commanding your day. And you command your day, you do it the night prior, uh, because you do not want, and you got to get the messages, and I don't have time to teach it in depth, you got to get the messages called commanding your day, commanding your year, the bookstore will be happy to serve you, get it online, why? Because I don't have time to teach that. If I go there, listen, we got to get you out. This is not conference nights. You, you, you be, I'm going to be done in 10 minutes, amen. Praise the Lord Jesus, amen. But let me just say something, for, no, no, I need to say this, because see, that was three days that you needed and so don't you ever, and, and I mean this with all attitude I can have, don't ever play God like you getting up early in the morning to go to work or something. It is, it, and so I can't, I can't give God three days that I need. Because I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, I got to do that. That's the name of Say, don't do the Lord like that. Say, you need it to conference. Say, we need it. Say, matter of fact, we probably need another one. Coming spring 2018. So, check this out. There's this, we always got to put God first. Always got to put God first. Amen? We always got to do that. We always got to do that. Always got to do that. Okay? All right. So, you can't say, oh, just, I'm, you know, I'm going to just get the MP3s and I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. You the one need evolution. And I'm not saying MP3s aren't good. That's good. But there's something, watch this. You, you, but, but, but watch this. The prophetic words were dropped to those in the house. So what if the word you needed, you could have been here for, but you aborted because you didn't come? So I'm just saying, whenever you can be here, be here. And thank God for technology that when you can't be here, you can be here. Amen? Amen. Amen. But if you can be here, because you need to stay woke. Now, he's a lunatic controlled by the moon, which means he, he no longer has control of the day. The day has control of him. That's the simplest way I can give it to you. Now, check this out. Y'all with me? Verse, uh, and what does he do? He falls into the fire and the water. Check this out. He burns himself and drowns himself. He burns himself and drowns himself. He drowns himself and burns himself. He burns himself and drowns himself. You're like, Bishop, that's crazy. I'd never do that. He gets in a bad relationship. Then he runs to people that can't fix it to help him get out of it. Gets in a bad, rela a badder relationship. Let's go flow with me. He burns himself, he drowns himself. He goes and gets a car to try to stunt in front of people that ain't paying the note. He drowns himself in the debt of impressing people. And you got to graduate from that type of thinking. If that's you, stop buying stuff so other folk can see it. If you like it, you like it. Stop talking about, oh, you like this? Oh, no, I don't. Well, no, listen. Well, look. When you start financing what I'm paying, he burns himself, he drowns himself. So check it out. Verse 16, I brought him to your disciples. They couldn't cure him. Jesus said, you faithless and perverse generation, how shall I be with you? How shall I bear with you? Bring him into me. Jesus rebukes the what? Demon. So he has this issue that shows up as a medical issue that's really a spiritual issue. So what really needed to be healed was that he had this spiritual issue. You're not hearing me. There's sickness. Watch this. There's some sickness that they can't figure out, and they can't figure it out because it's not generated by sickness. It's generated by something spiritual. Well, I said, and Jesus answered, said, you faithless and perverse generation. Verse 19, let's skip down there. The disciples came to him privately. So that's what we read. Watch, right? 
And Jesus goes through this whole thing. But you saw Jesus got angry with him. He was like, guys, listen, you faithless and you perverse generation. I mean, just imagine. Imagine that conversation. But everybody, God is a God of love and mercy and correction. Watch the text. The man basically is trying to tell on Jesus, guys. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Look at verse 17. One, two, ready, you read it. Verse 17, ready, read. Now look at me. Jesus is like, you're faithless, you're perverse, I'm tired of you, come here. Where's the love and the mercy and the granola and that? The God we serve says, I love you, and I expect to see some results from you. Y'all got real quiet right there. See, real love will press you to be your best. Real love will challenge you to rise up and conquer. Real love will say there's greater on the inside of you. Real love won't let you stay where you at. Real love will force you to evolve. Somebody say, real love? I'm searching for a real love. And say, I found that love. And say, his name is Jesus. So, it revealed what really needed to be healed. They kept taking him to everybody else, saying, he's an epileptic. He's an epileptic. Give him some more medicine. Give him some more this. Give him some more that. And I'm not knocking that. But Jesus said, that's not his real problem. His real problem is there's a spirit that's fueling his dysfunction. And y'all can't figure it out because you're trying to deal with something that's spiritual, but you're trying to deal with it with something that's natural. So first thing it does is what? It reveals spiritual sleeper cells. Second thing, it reveals what really needs to be healed. Got it? Okay. Which is why some of you, watch this, you got some issues with some folks. You just need to get you some oil like that book so that no, no, and just get it and put it on your hand. And just when you shake hands with them, just, hey, how you doing? And they won't even know. But they're going to be like, hey, they got greasy hands. No, I just dealt with my spiritual problem. Because you, you don't get it. So you're not getting it evidently is a spiritual problem. So what I need to do is deal with spiritual issues on spiritual territory. Third point, to reveal what's blocking evolution. This, this point, you got to go with me very quickly. God, dog. Mm-mm, I'm not. No, I'm just joking. I will. I will. I will. I'm just, I'm just joking. No, thank you. Amen. Amen. That gave me the strength to go on. Daniel chapter 10, verse number 1. Say blocking. Y'all remember blue blockers? They were sunglasses. And they had the little rap, blue blockers, dudes. You, you probably don't know. Was <laughs> this commercial would come on. Commercial would come on. Dude had, had his blue blockers. It came all around right about through here. And uh, I always wanted a pair of blue blockers. And uh, it never happened. <laughs> it's never happened, but... But I saw they were trying to come back. I saw them on eBay the other day. And uh, so, okay. Y'all didn't have blue blockers in Denver? That was only in, in okay. Now, here's the a, a concept. If there's something blocking my sight, I will have what I need, but I won't see it because I can't see it. You, you missed that. A lot of times in life, you're saying, God, I need this, I need that, I need that. And God is saying, look, you, you got blue blockers on. You can't see. Are those the new ones? Put the new ones up. Those, no, that, that's not the old school ones. Get, get homeboy that did the old school infomercial. Daniel 10, what? Say blocking. Anybody you ever felt like, ah, what's wrong? Man, feel like that? But for like, what is wrong with me? Anybody ever said that? Anybody ever been like, God, what is the issue? Why am I not getting it? Well, okay, but let me, I'm going to help you. Help is here. Daniel 10, 1. Now, this is a lot of reading, so you're going to do it. Daniel 10 and 1. 1, 2, ready, read. Belteshazzar. Okay, leave that verse right there. Leave that right there. He says, the appointed time was long. The message was true. It took him a long time to get it. But when you fast and when you pray, 
what you hadn't got for the last 15 years, all of a sudden, boop, the light will come on. And you'll say, oh, my God, I finally get it. I get to stay woke. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. God, dog. Verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. How many days is that? Twenty and one. I ate no pleasant food, nor meat or wine came into my mouth. And that's the truth about the Daniel fast. No pleasant food. Only so many fake wings you can have on so much fruit. I had a big old fruit plant. I said, I don't want no more fruit. I said, I don't want no fruit. I don't want no banana. I don't want no pineapple. I don't want no more strawberry. Get that spinach out of my face. I don't want nothing. I just want to sit in mourning. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Nor meat, nor wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all until three whole weeks were fulfilled. I lifted my eyes, and a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with full of gold and euphast. His body was like beryl, his face was like the appearance of lightning, his eyes torches of fire, his arms and feet were like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words was like a voice of the multitude. So when he spoke, it sounded like many, many, many men were speaking. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. Check it out. When you fast and pray, you have to be, watch this, God will deal with you about you. He will deal with you about you. Say, when I fast and I pray, I'm dealing with myself. See, because watch this. Sometimes you'll pray, Lord, just get my wife to understand it. No, you need to understand something. Lord, get my kids to understand it. No, you need to understand something. He said, I was what? What did he say? What did he say? Put the verse up for us. <laughs> I what? Alone. He was what? alone. Now, watch this, verse 7. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision. Okay? Why did they not see it? They didn't need to see it, number one. But number two, they weren't actually praying and fasting. But a great terror fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Check it out. The next principle. I might not even be able to do it. I might just have to ride this on out right here. He says, but a great terror fell upon them so they fled to hide themselves. Fasting, oh God, what fasting will do is make anything around you that is not evolving flee. Did you see the text? Now don't limit it to people, mentalities, people, places, things, ideas. Anything around you that's not evolving will flee. Got it? Now, he said, verse 11, and he said to me, oh Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. He said, stand up. You see God saying those words often in scripture. When he said to Job, he said, Job, stand up like a man. He said, stop acting like you're some weak, passive, just let life happen. He said, stand up and act like a man. And you might be a woman tonight, but what the concept is, it wasn't about masculinity or femininity. It was about identity. He said, act like you're going to make something happen. Act like you were sent to happen to life, and life wasn't just sent to happen to you. Just the neighbor say, act like that. Say, that's called staying woke. He says, while he was speaking to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. From the first day you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, that means angels, prince of Persia, deals with an angelic being, came to help me. For I've been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days for your vision refers to yet to many days to come. Here it is. Let me just get to where we're going. Persia. Somebody say Persia. Persia. What did Daniel, or what did the angel say? He said, the prince of Persia blocked me. He withstood me. God said yes 21 days ago. But something needed to happen in you, Daniel. During these 21 days, because it took you that long to get it. And I need to get it. He says, something was blocking, but you needed to get it. So while it looked like it was blocking, really, Daniel, it was blessing. Because something was happening in you that made you humble yourself, made you fast, made you pray, made you worship, made you reevaluate you, made you self-check, made you deal with yourself. Here's what's interesting. You know what Persia means? Here's the shout. You know what Persia means? Persia means to cut. So here's what God says I was doing on you in the fast. I was cutting on you. Because you got too much pride on you. You got too much arrogance on you. you. 
you, you, you don't worship like you used to. You don't study like you used to. You don't pray like you used to. So I need to just do some cutting. And when God cuts, it's not cutting. It has another word. And I feel like preaching through him. When God cuts, he cuts you. But he does something called pruning. And pruning is when he cuts off the dead stuff that's on you so that you don't waste energy on feeding dead stuff anymore, but that he can now produce more fruit. The Bible says that when he prunes you, he's pruning you so that now you'll be able to produce more fruit, which means the prince of Persia simply represented Daniel getting cut. But it was in his cut that God says, I'm going to make you conquer. It's in his pain that God says, I'm going to make you reign. It's in his heartache that God says, I'm going to make you reveal heaven on earth. Somebody say, thank God for Persia. So, one, to reveal spiritual sleeper cells. Two, to reveal what really needs to be healed. Three, to reveal what's been blocking evolution. So check out the revelation of it. Don't miss it because I went fast. Check out the revelation. Say, what's the revelation, Bishop? The reason it took 21 days was because Daniel needed to be cut deep enough before he would evolve. Yeah, I know it is. That, that, that meat's so good, it makes its own gravy. Come through, Bistro. Watch well, this. I'm done. That, that meat is good meat. Check it out. It took that long because it took that long for God to cut deep enough before Daniel would evolve. You will keep doing life the way you do it until you are cut deep enough where you are. I wish I had some witnesses in here. Anybody over these last 20 and one and plus some more days, you had some cuts. Watch this, watch this. Let me make it practical. So he cut your budget. Okay, y'all ain't talking. He, he cut some friends off. Some people you thought would always be with you, he cut them off too. Some folk that you thought would always going to be in your corner, he cut them off too. Watch this. The mentalities you used to have, he cut that stuff off real fast. Y'all understand something? Some family folk, he had to cut them off. It's some, it's some stuff he had to cut. And he says, I'm going to keep cutting until you are forced to evolve. And here's the good news. The good news is the scripture says once 20 and 1 days were complete, Persia had to move out the way. I'm just here to tell you, you seven days past your 20 and 1 days. And I, I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but there's somebody in here you need to know. God says cutting has accomplished its purpose. And the good news is, if he prunes you and cuts you, that means you're about to bear some fruit in your life like you've never born before. I wish I had some folk, some radical folk, that would say, God, thank you for cutting me. Truth be told, cutting started before the fast. For some of you, cutting started last year. It started several weeks ago. Started several months ago. And God says, I'm cutting, I'm cutting, I'm cutting. But I'm cutting because I want some fruit to come out of you. And if you're thankful you serve a God that wants some fruit to come out of you, give him a prayer. I said, give him a praise right to them. Mature people can shout because of their cutting. Mature people can shout when they take the car. Mature people can shout when they take the house. Mature folk can shout when you go through heartbreak. Mature folk can shout when things don't go your way. Because mature folks say, if he's cutting me, it's because he's trying to watch this, get something. Come here. Come here. Lay this out. Don't do it in that thing. Come here. Come here, all three. You, now lay on the crate. You lay on the crate, sir. There you go. Lay on the crate. Okay, somebody, y'all see you laying on the crate? Okay, now, now, you be the doctor. Get the knife. Oh, you really, oh, you got a real one. Okay. Oh, just use something in your pocket. There you go. Use your flashlight. He's a flashlight cop. I'm just joking. I see you. Okay, watch this. Now, now watch this. He's on the surgery table. See, watch this. To be on the surgery table, he first had to be anesthetized. Follow the lesson. Follow the lesson. He's comfortable. And when he's comfortable, then God says, okay, it's time to start cutting. It's time to start cutting. I got I to gotta open you up. 
I got to get some stuff out of you. It's some cancer in you. It's some bad attitude in you. It's some Jezebel in you. It's some Ahab in you. It's some pride in you. It's some, watch this, laziness in you. It's some, oh, y'all not talking to me. It's some generational curses in you. I got to catch you. But watch this. Once I take that up out of you, I'm going to put something else in you. Y'all not hear what I'm saying? So what does he put in me, Bishop? He gives me the fruit of the Spirit. He gives me joy. That's the reason why no matter what you've been going through, have you noticed how you woke up and said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth because he's cutting me, but he's cutting me to bless me. He's cutting me to help me. Somebody holler, thank God for Persia. I'm out of time. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You can come up off the stage. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's.